Hey, what's good, my amazing friends? This is Sarah Amazing Grace, and you are listening to The Remedy. Hey, you guys, welcome back. Man, I'm going to be really honest with you. This week was hard for me to write. It was hard for me to even take notes for this episode. I'm going to talk today about fear and fear surrounding what's going on right now in the news, which, you know, seems to change every five minutes. It seems that they've always got to keep a fear narrative going to keep us hooked, to keep us in. Have you guys ever heard of fear being called false evidence appearing real? (laughs) I mean, that's not really what fear stands for. Somebody just made that up or they thought that it sounded good and empowering, like, you know, this is false evidence and it appears real. And, you know, that's probably true, actually, in a lot of situations that we're fearful about most of the things that we're fearful about actually never come true. But why are we why are we even fearful about all of those things maybe maybe happening, maybe not happening? Is fear something that that stops you from living? I mean, there is no shortage of wannabe gurus out there who are trying to sell you their brand of fear remedy of how to overcome that overwhelming sense of fight or flight and how to stop it from finding your now. You know what I mean? Fear in and of itself, you guys, isn't a problem. It sparks a person into action. That stand and fight or that preserve and flee, you know, that kind of get the heck out of there stuff. If a bear is charging me, you guys, I'm glad I have fear. I'm glad that I have that fight or flight that crops up because it's necessary to, you know, get my, you know, bum out of there to get my butt moving so that I can get away from this, this thing that's coming at me that's very, very real. So I wouldn't say that it's false evidence appearing real because there's fear that we need as a tool. The problem comes with fear is that it is a tool. And it's a tool that is often used as control. There are people out there, you know, in a utopian society, we all love each other and we all have the best intentions for everyone. And, you know, it's a great feeling to think, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there and most people have good intentions. I used to think like that, too. (laughs) And then reality set in and I realize we're all sinners. And, you know, I've been hurt big time by people that I really trusted. And I was sure that they had good intentions. And they walked over my back to get in a higher position and they or they sold me down the river, you know, and uh, boy, that shocked me. And, you know, throughout my life, hey, you know what? I'm a little stained. I'm a little jaded. I ain't going to lie about that. I've had some experiences in my life, and those experiences were very real. So I'm not talking about those who climbed over my back, but there are evil people in this world. There are people who we've talked about before, who chose a different shepherd, whose daddy is the devil, and who they are there to try and get you and trap you. And they also know that using fear controls you. Oftentimes, it's oppressive governments, and they maintain their grip on a nation by continually invoking fear. And then they proceed to claim 
that they, the ruling powers, that they have the means and the ability to protect you from whatever the scary situation is, the threat that maybe they created. H.L. Mencken wrote that the whole aim of practical politics, quote, is to keep the populace alarmed and hence clamorous to be led to safety by menacing it with an endless series of hobgoblins, most of them imaginary. (laughs) Does that kind of sound like what we've had happen to us the past couple of years? It seems like when one fear hobgoblin starts to uh, wane and people start waking up and go, wait a minute, I I just added two plus two and it equaled four and you're telling me it's five. I don't, I don't think I believe that anymore. And that fear hobgoblin starts losing its power. Go boom, here comes another hobgoblin. And then, oh, that one's not working. Release the hounds, you know, Smithers, release the hounds. And, <laughs> and then another one comes after and it's fear, fear, fear. And it keeps people, oh my gosh, I don't want to act because now it's this variant or it's this world war. <laughs> and some of it's very real. But the threat magnitude that they might try and impose on you may or may not be real. So it keeps you always guessing. John Adams, one of our founding fathers here in America, echoed that statement writing, quote, fear is the foundation of most governments. Um, uh, what? Literally tipping their hand. Uh, That's super telling. I mean, at least to me, I can kind of see past the false evidence appearing real (laughs) that they are trying to control us with. In the book Feardom, Connor Boyack provides a, a nice explanation on the effectiveness of what's called a false flag attack. Quote, physical attacks lead to a corresponding increase of trust in the political leaders and the submission to them. This effect is likely the same whether the attack be a surprise, known to political leaders yet allowed to happen, or directly orchestrated by those same leaders who stand to benefit from the increased trust and submission. False flag operations are used because people generally do not have access to all of the details, so they're prone to rely upon what they're told, and thus are easily deceived. People will, for the most part, believe what they're told in times of crisis. And so government officials, whether their motives are good or evil, they capitalize on completely fabricated crises. Kind of sounds exactly like what we're dealing with right now. Wars and rumors of war. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 6, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. Jesus knew that wars, even the very rumor of wars, brings fear. And he wanted us to not give ourselves over to living in that fearful place. Maybe it was to not give up control of ourselves to wicked people who would then use it. The bottom line is, we don't want to give up our control or ourselves to false evidence appearing real. Reading in Exodus, 
I was reading about Moses, and in chapter 14, Moses was speaking to the Israelites facing impossible situations. Moses said to the Israelites, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see them again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Everywhere we turn right now, everywhere you turn, you turn on the news, you turn on social media. Sometimes, and I will admit, I fully admit this, sometimes you even turn on my social media and everywhere I turn, there's a new meme, there's a new article, there's a new something that the world right now has lost its ever loving mind. And man, I just want to wake people up. I want to wake them up so that they don't keep falling for these super evil comic book villains that are out there like, you know, one million dollars or, you know, whatever, that they're out there with their, you know, phallic shaped rockets going to the sky like Dr. Evil. It's like we're living in a movie. Do any of you guys feel sometimes like, am I living in a movie? Is this real life? How can this really, really be happening? Everywhere we turn right now, fear is being used to blind us, to incapacitate us, to keep our vision and focus elsewhere, everywhere, but on the Lord himself. Wars and rumors of wars, fear, that's where we're living. That is the world that we are living. And even as I record this, the situation in the Ukraine, Ukraine has been invaded by Russia. And you know, this podcast is not for me to sit here and say, well, who's wrong and who's right. And, you know, Russia, you know, came in and they did this, which is what a lot of people think. They think, oh, well, you know, these people were attacked. So the attacker must be wrong. And that may very well be true, but it may also not be true. You know, Malcolm X once said that the media will have you believing that the victims are the perpetrators and that the perpetrators are the victims. You guys, we cannot trust what the news media has said. They've shown you over and over and over again that they can't be trusted, that they twist they twist, they take the truth and they twist it so that they can have ratings. And how do they keep ratings? Fear. Fear is a big selling factor for their ratings. Project Veritas, I don't know if you guys follow them on Instagram or, or not, but you know, regardless of what side of the aisle you your politics fall on, I'm not here to change that for you. What I am here is to show you the truth, the remedy. Whatever side you reside on, whatever side of the aisle that you you side with, I know that you side with truth because ain't nobody want to be lied to. You aren't sitting there going, oh man, lie to me, please. I don't want to know the truth. I want, I want lies. <laughs> I know that ain't you because who would say that? No one. No one wants to be lied to. People want to know the truth. Well, Project Veritas, they just put out the raw truth. They literally have had undercover journalists going in with hidden cameras, not doctored. Literally, you can watch the people say what they're saying and hidden audio recording what the people are saying. And we're talking about journalists. We're talking about people from the CDC, from the FDA, people being caught lying. I mean, 
if if pants could really catch on fire, man, it would <laughs> it would be so much more. Um, I'm just going to be sadistic. It would be so much more fun to watch these liars if pants really did catch on fire. Liar, liar, pants on fire. But anyway, man, these people are just, they're lying. And they straight up say, yeah, we manipulated the data because fear keeps people coming back for ratings and ratings equal money. (laughs) The Bible says that the love of money, it's the root of all evil things. And that is what we see. We see that. But back to this, you know, Russia, Ukraine situation, there's wickedness on both sides, you guys, I can guarantee you that. And regardless of who's wrong and who's right, the bottom line is, is that innocent people like you and like me, they are terrified. Scary, scary stuff is happening to them in their country. And like you and like me, we're watching those scary things happen and Those things have implications for the entire world. Big stuff. And that causes scary stuff for people like you and me. Or if you are in the Ukraine and you're listening, I have listeners all over the world. If you're there, we are praying for you. And if you're in Russia, man, it must be scary for you guys too. And we are praying for you and that situation that's going on. You guys know that I believe in the Bible. I believe it that it is actually the inspired word of God, that it is a living word of God. And, you know, <laughs> it's it, it ain't hard being always right, but the Bible has been right all the time. And right now, right now, right now, we're seeing prophecy being fulfilled. This move of Russia, whether, you know, Putin believes it or not, or knows it, he is fulfilling biblical prophecy by taking the steps that he is. And even though it's biblical prophecy, regular folks like like you and me, we're, we have to live through it. And it is super scary. It steals our peace, you guys. And we don't have to react to every single news event. Reactivity doesn't change the news, but it certainly distracts from trusting in God and His sovereignty, even when things look super grim. God's sovereignty Boy, we're watching Revelation unfold, but that means the rest of it is going to unfold too. There's a saying that's going around the internet and they've even made, you know, we've talked about, you know, our marshals, our home goods, the um, scrolling sayings that are on um, uh, canvases that you hang on the wall. There's even been scrolling sayings about this. And that is that there are 365 places in the Bible where God says, do not fear. And there's one for each day because he knew that we would need to be reminded every day to not fear. That sounds great, doesn't it? But it's, it's not true. There aren't 365 places in the Bible where God says, do not fear. That, that meme is just not, it's just not true. But it is true that God has said it a lot. Uh, there's around 80 places in the scripture where God specifically says, and that's a lot in, in you know, 66 books all spread out over different time periods, it's a running theme to not fear and to trust in the Lord. That part, that part that God wanted us to know to not be afraid and trust in Him, that part is true. In 1 Peter 5, 7, we cast all of our cares on Him, on God, because He cares for us. And Isaiah 41, 10 says, don't be afraid for I am with you. 
Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And that that's just a few. David said in Psalm 56, 3 and 4, he said, When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh or man do to me? <laughs> easy to say. But man, it is hard to put into practice when you are being threatened, when World War III is coming in on your head, or the possibility of a nuclear event, world-ending stuff that, of course, Hollywood has capitalized on and filled our head with every zombie apocalypse, apocalyptic movie with crazy stuff that's going on. And all of those images, you know, of a burned out Mad Max world fill our minds. And what then comes? Fear, fear, fear. All of those fear-inducing images come to our mind. But you guys, we have to take our thoughts captive. That is what that is what this is. We have to make a physical choice to take those thoughts when they pop in, grab a hold of them, and uh, mm, that is not edifying. You ain't gonna stay there. I'm kicking you out. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's an action for you. You have to actively resist him, and then he'll quit it, right? 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says that we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments, creating fear. We use God's mighty weapons. We have to take our thoughts captive not worldly weapons. They won't knock down your thoughts, but godly weapons will. It goes on to say that we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. Resist the devil. He's going to flee from you. Teach those thoughts. You know what? Think on things that are good and holy. We talked about that uh, a few podcasts back in the power of life and death is in the tongue. We have to keep those thoughts. It's, it's, a, it's a constant battle every single day. I might not be in a physical war right now. You might not be. You, you might be. If you're listening to me and you are in that physical war, then this is for you too. Either way, whether you are in a physical war right now or we're just battling a mental war, keep your eyes fixed on Yeshua. Last week, we talked about the race and the joy to come. And because of that joy to come, Christ endured the cross. And we're to look at that endurance as a model. For that joy to come, we are to press on. Physical or spiritual, it's all spiritual ultimately, isn't it? So we got to use God's mighty weapons. We got to take those thoughts captive. You're like, get a hold of yourself, man. You know, it always reminds me of that scene in the movie Airplane. I don't know if you've ever seen that that old uh, movie, but it's for like from the 80s. It's, it's pretty funny. It's off color. It's not something I recommend. But if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And there's this scene where this woman's freaking out on the plane and, and this woman, you know, get a hold of yourself and they smack her, you know, to try and bring her to. And then you see like a line of people and a person's got a bat and a person's getting ready to punch her and all this stuff. You know, it's like, take your thoughts captive, man. Get a hold of yourself. You know, we are watching biblical things unfold. And you guys, 
if biblical things are unfolding, then the rest of it will unfold. And that means that Jesus is coming back. That means Jesus is coming back so soon, so soon. In biblical events, one of the next events that is to come, if that is the event that we're talking about, it's the rapture of the church, that the church is is called out somehow. I don't know how. I don't know what it looks like. I, I don't know what's to happen. But I know that the church is not appointed to wrath, the Bible says. And not that people won't go through tribulation, but the great tribulation is actually God's wrath being poured out on an evil mankind. And we're talking about, yeah, you know, rewind this a little bit. We talked about this utopia that we don't live in. And it's nice to think that everyone is not wicked, but there are some really wicked people in this world. And eventually, you know, they're going to get their butt handed to them by God. And, you know, you don't want to be here for that. I don't want to be here for that. You know, I I don't want that. You don't want that. What's interesting to me is that a couple weeks ago, my friend Lee, my girlfriend Lee, I've known her uh, since we were kids. We grew up together. She's a few years older than me. She's uh, the same age as one of my older brothers and was in his class. And then she has a sister, Lori. And Lori was in my class uh, in high school or in, you know, school age. We were all uh, in the same class, grew up in the same town, and we are still all friends today. It's pretty neat to have childhood friends that you're still friends with, you know, all these years later. Won't say how many years, but, you know, (laughs) Uh, to Lee and Lori, I just want to let you guys know I love you. But anyway, Lee said to me a couple weeks ago, she said, Can you imagine, Sarah, that maybe uh, if the rapture of the church comes and we aren't here, I I don't, again, I don't know how it looks, but I know that after Revelation chapter four, the church is not mentioned in Revelation again until the end. And so I, I don't know what happens. I don't know how it all works out. Some people think they have it all worked out and that's awesome for them. I'm stoked and I hope that that's true. But she says to me, if the rapture of the church comes and we aren't here, Isn't it awesome to think that people might find your podcast and that these words that you're speaking, these words of eternal life, that is the remedy for for all of life's situations, the word of God, these words that I'm speaking might be their lifeline? I mean, that straight up blew my mind. To think about in a twinkling of an eye, we could be snatched out of here and what's what's left might be my podcast and that people might hear it and the sound of my voice speaking about the things eternal might be their lifeline. You guys, are there things in your life that you're leaving as a legacy that might be somebody's lifeline in the future? Definitely something to think about. If you believe what you say that you believe, if you believe that eternity is coming and Jesus is coming back soon, are you leaving something for the people who might come after you to to know that? To know that Jesus is real? I hope you are. I hope you are. And man, what an honor. What an absolute honor. And you guys, if you are being tormented by fear, I just pray that you would take your thoughts captive, that you would cast them away, and that you would fill your mind with Jesus, with the things of heaven, with the Word of God, the remedy. The remedy for fear, well, you know, we've sung it before, and we can all sing it together. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His 
wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace you guys that's the remedy turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory i love you guys until next week peace Hey, 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 thanks for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe. New shows coming at you each week. If you have a question or a comment, send them to asksaragrace at gmail.com. Catch you on the flip side.